6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. You've heard of menopause. Uh, and you likely are aware of the symptoms that go along with it. What about menopause? Yes, it is real. Fatigue, weight gain, low libido, just a few of the symptoms middle-aged and older men face as their testosterone levels decline. But many don't realize what is going on. Now a pair of University of Alberta pharmacy professors have published some guidelines to help pharmacists support men going through this common but underdiagnosed problem. One of those professors and one of the lead authors is Cheryl Sadowski. She joins us now. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, you know, when we're talking about menopause, uh, it's it's in reference to the symptoms women experience as their estrogen levels drop. For the men, the medical term is, if I've got this right, late-onset hypogonadism. What's happening at that point? What's going on in a, in a man's body when this is going on? Well, it's referred to as late onset because it happens later in life, usually after someone's 50 years old. And there can be a, a younger onset, so before a boy goes into puberty. So that's why we refer to it as late onset hypogonadism. And it means that testosterone levels are too low for uh, for them to have their function. So things like sexual function, mood, and maintaining other organ systems. Mm. So is it not normal for testosterone levels to drop as a man gets older? Uh, slightly, even in, in their 20s, men can have a slight decrease. So it's there's a peak in the 20s, and then it's very gradual throughout life that there's small decreases each decade. But it's not like with women who, around the age of 50, 51, will uh, fairly abruptly go into menopause. For men, it's a very gradual decline. And so there's some men who never go into hypogonadism. They maintain uh, normal levels throughout their life. Hmm. Yeah, so I was, I was wondering, how do you, any idea how many men might go through this? Well, it's uh, if we look at men by decade of age. So in their 50s, about 10% of men will have hypogonadism. In their 60s, that's about 20% of men. In the Mm. 70s, that's 30% of men. So we see it increase approximately 10% for every decade after you're in your 50s. You had you had touched on the fact that uh, with women in menopause, it happens pretty. It can happen pretty uh, abruptly, but in men, it, it doesn't. It it's this gradual. It's a gradual decline, so that makes it much harder to diagnose, doesn't it? It does, and so a lot of people aren't aware. A lot of men aren't aware this is happening uh, because it's not at a standard age. Sometimes uh, physicians are not ordering lab work or they're not inquiring, uh, you know, asking questions of men regarding these symptoms. So it can often be missed. Are are some men more prone to this than others? We do know there are some risks. Probably uh, one of the biggest risks or, or one of the most common in uh, society right now is obesity but Mm. some men are also predisposed because of uh, genetics 
and that's usually not something men talk about as to what testosterone levels their father had or something like that. Um, it can be associated with um, other health conditions such as uh, someone has liver disease or uh, prostate disorder. Um, other long-term conditions like diabetes could also play a role. Cheryl, so I'm curious. So, you know, you you worked on um, on on this paper and in it, it these guidelines to help pharmacists to support men going through this. How do pharmacists or how can pharmacists play a role in this? Well, this is the first time uh, a guide has been created to help pharmacists. So uh, prior to this, um, you know, there were some pharmacists that had an interest in this. Some pharmacies were uh, specializing in this, but there was not a guideline specifically to help pharmacists navigate some of those questions and interactions with patients. So um, we're hoping that pharmacists will uh, begin the discussion, sort of reach out, possibly have a bit more focus on men's health through this. We know many pharmacies have a focus on women's health, but we'd like to see a little bit more focus and engagement for men's health. And so we hope this gives pharmacists some of the tools in the background uh, to have that discussion. Are, are there taboos around talking about men's sexual health, Cheryl? Well, hypogonadism is more than just sexual health, but that's an important part of it. Mm. So with low testosterone, it's common that men will have low libido, low interest mm. in sexual activity, and possibly even erectile dysfunction. And so uh, that's an important part of it. But there's other symptoms as well with hypogonadism, uh, such as low mood or even changes in the skin or hair growth. Mm, really? And then, so the, the treatment for this, I'm, I'm guessing, would be to add in some testosterone, maybe in the form of a cream or a patch. Is, is, that, what, is that how it's treated? There's actually quite a few uh, options for men. So testosterone comes in quite a few different formulations. The, uh, it's very popular to use uh, something that goes on the skin. So that could be a gel or a patch. There's also... Uh, nasal spray. There's injections that can go into the muscle. Uh, there's a, a pill that's not used quite as commonly because that, that's taken quite frequently. Um, but there's there's quite a few options for people. Um, <laughs> you know, we're having this conversation. We're we're having this conversation, and I know you know probably even ten years ago, um, women necessarily wouldn't even hear conversations about menopause on a on a on a radio show now we're talking about uh, the the impact on on men about the hormone impact on on men how do we continue to have this conversation and um in in, in a safe and 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 welcoming and non-judgmental and uh safe way because you know someone just texted and said jay oh my goodness this is a topic that sorely needs to be talked about it's one of my longtime listeners and he's saying hey we need to talk about this when you need to talk about it about it more so is this kind of just the the the, the starting point of it I, I do agree with your your listener that wrote in. I do think we do need more focus on men's health. We uh, do have a lot of um, emphasis in the last few years on doing research on sex and gender-based analysis. So dividing out how women and men, or male and female, experience health conditions differently. 
And we've, uh, in most cases, we focus on men's health conditions like heart disease and uh, kind of neglect some of the women's research there. But when it comes to hormone therapy, we have uh, focused so much on menopause and women's health and large studies researching estrogen. And then when we look at the comparator here with men's health, we have um, a few studies. They're fairly small. We don't have quite as much research uh, or quite as much interest at this point in men's health. So uh, I'm hoping there's there's more research, there's more interest in the research community, uh, and there it could be more demand from the public as well. We need to keep the conversation going for, uh, for men's health here. Cheryl, just had a text that came in and said, can you ask about the dangers of taking extra testosterone? Now, if testosterone levels are low and you're taking testosterone to bring those levels back up to what would be considered or normal, I wouldn't say that that would be extra testosterone, but I do believe that there are some some men uh, who maybe should not be taking extra testosterone. Are there dangers with that? There are. So for testosterone therapy for hypogonadism, the levels are fairly low, so we don't want to supplement big doses. Mm-hmm. And some of the toxicity that's been in the literature comes from uh, research on, say, bodybuilders or individuals that used steroid therapy, including mm-hmm. sometimes testosterone. And so there was some toxicity with that at those enormous doses. But the doses that um, are available with the with the patch, the cream injections are are quite reasonable, but there can still be some potential side effects. So as there's more testosterone in the body, this is uh, a risk someone could develop acne again. Uh, so that's not just a nuisance; that could be something that's upsetting. The the biggest concerns that we monitor for are uh, changes in the prostate. So there's uh, still some research going on. There's a potential maybe in some men that higher testosterone could increase the risk of prostate cancer. Mm, okay. So, and I think it's important to note that, you know, prescribing testosterone, we, we talk about these guidelines for pharmacists. That's not something that pharmacists can do. That has to go through a doctor. But the pharmacist guidelines are our starting point, as you mentioned, to start that conversation. Absolutely. Um, And so a pharmacist, because of the control on uh, how testosterone is prescribed, a pharmacist is not going to start a prescription, Uh but they can help start the conversation and they can help um, support some decision making, uh, get individuals engaged with that discussion and uh, help provide some guidance as well. Well, you know what, Cheryl, I I sure appreciate you making the time for us this afternoon to have this conversation and start the conversation right here on 630 Ched because I think it's a I think it's an important one. You know, I've talked about uh, menopause on this show. This is the first time that we've talked about uh, hypogonadism, uh, menopause, you know, as as it's been as it's been termed. And I think it's an important one. And that if men listening right now have concerns or maybe they're thinking, hey, maybe that's up. Get to your doctor, have a conversation with a doctor and see what's going on. Absolutely. I hope they can start that conversation. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Thank you, Jalen. Take care. That's Cheryl Sadowski from the University of Alberta uh, this afternoon.